Spider-Man Homecoming is the 16th entry into the MCU and our third go at Spider-Man. But were we caught in this movie's web or was this a swing and a miss? I'm Mike. And I'm Darren. And this is Popscorn. Popscorn, the Foul Entertainment Movie Review Podcast, and today we're going to be talking about Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm always Mike. And I'm sometimes Darren. Um, yeah, we've had three go-arounds with Peter Parker, six in total now with Spider-Man Homecoming coming out. Um, we, of course, saw him in Civil War, um, and we were all pretty high. Yeah. I think universally everyone was like, right, it's great to see Spider-Man back. He's back where he belongs, on the throne. And there was a lot riding on this movie. He's coming home. He's coming home. Tell the world he's coming home. That video, as it got announced, gave me fucking oh, chills, I was Darren. so goddamn happy that he was back. Because they tried to make Iron Man the, the face of Marvel. And it's understandable why they tried to do that. But he was just keeping the throne warm. We all know who rules around here. And after Amazing Spider-Man 2 which was about as big of a kick in the dick as you can possibly get. I mean, we were both relatively, not positive about things, but we weren't... We as, didn't hate it. No, we didn't. But I think retroactively, that's a movie that gets worse. Every time you think about it or yeah. watch it again, it just, you get There's only less. so much Emma Stone in the world, and I think that's hey! the problem. Hey! No! Stop! What? Emma Stone was not the problem there. You take no, that no, back. That's what I'm saying. There's like there's only so much Emma Stone to. Oh, oh God! Right, okay. Oh God! I thought you just like declared a caliphate on on where, Emma Stone. I was where the fuck do you think La La Land is in my ranking right oh, now? I've already course, told you about this. Of course. I fucking love Emma Stone. God, I was about to launch it. You don't even know. <laughs> I'm about to non-check your ass. Um, <laughs> yes, but it was a not a great Spider-Man movie no. at all, and. No. Things were nervous. This is already a tentative relationship between Sony and Marvel. The slightest hiccup would have sent it into a tailspin. Literally, I think if this movie would have would have even slightly failed, it would have been very dark days for the MCU. Oh god, yes. Going forward, this is the most tense movie of this year for me. Wow, even really? more than Last Jedi. Wow. Well, because last the, the previous years, it was I was worried about Jurassic World. I was worried about what was going to happen with the Force Awakens. Both of them were great. Both of them were fine. I have no issues going forward, but maybe still with Jurassic World because I just don't know what they're doing. No, nope. no issues with Last Jedi whatsoever. I'm positive that's going to be fine. This needed to work, and thankfully, Michael, it works on all the levels. I can't think of a bad thing about this. Film. Right, right. What the fuck? I came in and was like, "What? You've got to have a negative, Darren. There must be something wrong." Nope. Loved all of it. Every <laughs> single part of it. I don't think it's the best MCU movie. Which is weird, because we just said it's near enough flawless. But I mean, it's but not there's, the best there's quite a few MCU movies that are actually flawless. Yeah, First Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Winter Soldier. Iron Man 1. Civil War. Civil, Civil all, War, yeah, yeah. They're all fantastic entries. This is up there in that ranking. It's definitely amongst the best of the MCU movies. It's a cut above your likes of Ant-Man and Doctor Strange, I think. I don't even necessarily think it's the best Spider-Man movie. 
Nostalgia can only affect us for so long, Darren. No, Spider-Man 2 is an excellent, excellent movie. Yes, but I think... And has the single greatest villain in all of superhero movies, and I will hear exactly zero argument against that. Yeah, might be right. Doctor Octopus was immaculate and should never be repeated as far as I'm concerned. But it's flawless. Yep. There is not a thing I can pick against this movie. I'm like, I would have changed this... I would have done this differently. In fact, there is one thing, but it's nothing to do with the movie. It's to do with the trailers. They spunked far too fucking much in those trailers. I was hoping it was like a a case of uh, what they did with The Force Awakens, where they did show stuff in the trailer, but it turns out they really had not spunked a goddamn ounce of anything that was important. Spider-Man kind of had. Yeah, quite a bit. As in the story beat for beat. Yeah. Which is a problem. Well, you look at Guardians, that gave almost nothing away in its trailers and was better for it. I think I would have actually enjoyed that much more Spider-Man Homecoming had I not watched the trailers. Just because, yeah, they gave away far too much. That's not on the movie, though. No, that's I would say that's on Sony. Because Sony still have one of the biggest hands. Their logo comes before Marvel Studios' logo. It does. So, I think know. the deal was Marvel basically made the movie and Sony distributed it. Sony Is had, that what happened? Apparently, Sony had little to no input in anything. Wow. Either that was... I, I don't think they could have... They have the power here essentially. I think Marvel just said, look, we know what we're doing. Leave it to us. We'll make you a hundred million dollars. How does that sound? And Sony went, okay, cool. So I'm fairly certain, isn't, isn't the deal like, um, like Sony got paid off a ridiculous amount of money? Yeah, probs. And that, no, no, I mean like, to just make the movie, like, because if there's a possibility that nobody liked it, mm. and they were like, well, it's fine because we've already made our Spider-Man money. And Disney literally just opened the vault and went, have, have you Phil? What would you like from this big vault? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but but it's not going to be a problem, Darren. It's going to make all the fucking money. People are going to go and see it multiple times because it's that good. And I am genuinely surprised that you're on the same boat. Oh, absolutely! I came out so very very happy. That was it was fun. It was fast. I really really love Tom Holland as Spider Man. Yeah. Hands down, the best Spider Man. I know you love Toby. Well, this is the thing, right? I think Tom Holland is the best because they finally struck the balance, the very, very important balance between Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Yeah, totally. Tobey Maguire is a perfect Peter Parker. He's not a great Spider-Man. Wasn't funny enough. Didn't really do the quips very well. Not great. Andrew Garfield was an excellent Spider-Man. He was a shit Peter Parker. There is no universe in the world where Andrew Garfield is an unlike nerd. Doesn't happen. Same thing with Emma Stone being an unlike nerd. No. He was far too good looking, far too cocky. So it's a weird compliment to start to say that Tom Holland fits that mould if I'm saying that um, Garville was too attractive. But he's a lovable dork. Yes, totally. Like, big neon letters for dork needs to be flashing (laughs) above our heads right now because... That's what he was. This is what Spider-Man is. And growing up, because we grew up with the 90s cartoon where Spider-Man was fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he, Spider-Man is supposed to be the most relatable superhero in the Marvel Absolutely. Pantheon. This is what Tom Holland is. Yes. Especially for people our age. I feel like people who've grown up in the 90s with the 90s cartoon progressing as it was with the Raimi movies into the amazing movies to now, mm. to look back... And see yourself as Peter Parker. Absolutely. That's what he was. Exactly. I went, I get where this kid's coming from 100% of the way. He's talking, but he has friends. Yeah. 
He's, you can see why he's likable and he's got a bit of a charm and it's not a complete left wing thing like right wing thing when women like him. You kinda get it, right? That was always the problem with with um with Garfield, that he was far too cocky, he wasn't that relatable, and he was college aged. I know they said it in school, but he was too old to really be the ideal Peter Parker. Same yeah. thing with Toby, because they took him straight out of school. Tom Holland is perfect age for it. You and 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 I, I like that they really, really put a lot of emphasis on him being a high school kid. That runs all the way through the movie. Yep. All the other Spider-Man movies abandon that aspect of the character after Act 2 when it's time for some action. Yep. Right up until right at the very end, you are fully aware that he's a high school person tackling high school problems. He's a kid playing superhero. Exactly it's that. perfect. Absolutely 10,000% ideal casting. Could not have done better. Yeah. And he got rid of them all. You did. Whee! Good job, Tom Holland. <laughs> well done. Yeah, absolutely perfect. Would not change a goddamn thing. No, he's it's great. And what I'm looking forward to seeing is because if you believe if you believe what Kevin Feige is saying about Phase Four onwards, where essentially it doesn't reboot, but the MC universe shifts focus, mm. we now get to grow up with Peter Parker. Yes, we can spend the next ten years with Tom Holland going to yes. the Tobey Maguire and. Um, Andrew Garfield age, and it'll make sense, Darren. I thought you meant we get to grow up. He's like, Michael, I'm 26. No, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> I'm 11 years old. This big bar, I ain't gen- going up with the him. general audience. Yes, yes, yes. You're but right. But even then, you're like, right. like I say, because it's the benefit of hindsight. Because we grew up with a Peter Parker, and and when you read those comics, and you're like, oh, this kid's facing the same problems and hardships that I would. We can still retroactive look at that and and relate to it. Mm-hmm. Peter, I said Peter Parker's at his relate, most relatable. Yeah. In any other Spider-Man movie, he's there's little bits where you're like, okay, I'm not like I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. This isn't how I would do it. Andrew Garfield's a prick. Um, but no, I'm 100 on board. He's adorable. He's lovable. He's sympathetic. They don't go over the top with the genius. They don't know. They 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 show that he's a very very smart kid. Possibly the smartest kid in school, but he's not like a super genius like like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were. They held back on that, and that helps with the relatability that he's just a smart kid, not a Reed Richards level of fucking genius, which yeah. I think is always a problem with Spider-Man when they do play up that aspect, especially when he's still in school. It's just not great. A, a nigh-on perfect balance all the way through. Very, very funny. Yeah. Maybe not as quip-heavy as the Garfield Spider-Man was, but they hit a very nice... A very nice band of it, and it felt like what a high school kid would think was funny. Mm. The kind of quips he was doing, like that, they were not maybe like the the funniest of jokes, but this delivery was so on point that it helped push them over the line. Um, especially when he's fighting the Avengers in the bank vault. That's a very very yeah. funny scene when he's trying to decide how to stand <laughs> when they turn round. Yeah. Oh god, it's so funny. Um, Hulk Thor, nice to meet you finally. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you finally. <laughs> And when, um, oh, the bit when, um, like, his suit, because it's a Tony Stark one, kind of records video of him when he's yeah. posing in the middle. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so, so goddamn perfect. Yeah. Could not say enough good things about how well Tom Holland does in this. Um, backed up by a great supporting actor as well. Yeah. In Ned, who I, might I, even I, steal the show a little bit. A little bit. I thought I was really going to hate yeah. him. He's incredibly lovable. I think he's fantastic. He's played, but I've never seen him in anything else. Yeah. 
Emma, which is a bit, he's played by Jacob Batalon. Mm. We'll go with that. I don't know why you gave it a French twist. Batalon. <laughs> um, but, oh my God, he's so perfect as the nerdy best friend. Yeah. Because they don't, uh, this is probably a minus one, if you see it in the trailers that Ned finds out, that's early on in the movie. Oh, yeah. They don't spend all the, the movie building up to that. And that's good. Yeah. Because that's always the problem with the tedium with some of the early Spider-Man movies is no one knows. And we don't really live in that in the MCU. No hmm. one's really got a secret identity, have they? Out of all the heroes, I think there's at least a, a like a small handful of people that knows who they are. Really. Yeah, but I mean, like everyone knows Tony Stark is Iron Man. Yeah. Everyone knows Steve Rogers is Captain America. Does everyone know Bruce Banner's the Hulk? Maybe not, but mm. um, but still, there's there's precedent for not really having secret identities. And I they, think Panther would be about the only one, wouldn't it? Because yeah, that, because really, it's only going to be only the Wakandans, and they're sort of yeah tucked away in that corner so yeah BT Dubs the trailer looked awesome yeah I was really into I'm, that I'm, I didn't I'm, think I would be but oh my god the soundtrack's irking me a little bit on that trailer but otherwise it looks oh well, I was into it it's, I liked it's, it's, it's the uh, it's the Batman-esque style takedown like in the oh, dark mm. when not the sh- they've got the yes. torch like you see the dog and then you just see him in a tree like yeah. oh my god give me that give um, me that Anyway, Spider-Man. So yeah, he, he's need to be the oracle of the situation. Like, the man with the screens in the chair was so funny. That was cool. And has a great payoff near the end. <laughs> um, yeah, he might steal the show a little bit. Just, just I think Tom Idleton still is enough to, to regimate, but he, he steals every scene he's in. It's another thing of the trailer's ruining it, though, because the whole thing of him wearing the mask and he got a badass. badass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's spoiled a little bit, which is a shame. I still think his best scene is the one in the hat. Yes. <laughs> gives me confidence. <laughs> He's, everybody knows somebody like that. Exactly. I probably was that kid growing up. I can up. confirm, Margaret, having known you, you were that kid growing <laughs> up. You did go through a hat stage. I did have a hat. Oh, God, you did have a hat. Um, the rest of the school kids, all very well cast. Um, Liz who is the lead kind of love interest in the situation. Very well played. Played by Laura Harrier yeah. in this movie. And I thought she did a really, really good job of... Because she's on the sort of higher age end of, of, of high school, isn't she? I believe she's She's a a, the year above. She's a senior, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that even that is so wonderfully adorable that, of course... If if Peter was going to crush on somebody, it would be somebody slightly older. Yeah, like yeah, oh, mate. A little out of reach. Fair play. You've got to have a punt. Like, yep. Spider Man is defined by his inadequacies. So trying to get just just a little bit out of reach, girl, was great. Because um, we don't have any of the traditional love interests here. Mary Jane isn't here. Gwen Stacy isn't here. It's good that they've they're not here. Actually, Betty Brandt is here, but she's not. But love she's interest. in the she's in the background. Cool ass Easter egg. It very much was. Sorry, I. Cried with laughter whenever the uh, the school. Oh, the news! The school, the school news thing was the funniest goddamn thing. It's just that right level of terrible awkwardness. Yeah, like, this is beautiful. Yeah, you can tell. I know they've mentioned it all the way through, but the amount of John Hughes in here is unbelievable. Oh yeah, they the definitely got The amount of cues from like the Breakfast Club and especially Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes, they're not even subtle about how much they're ripping off. Ferris Bueller's Day, Day Off was on was on TV the other day, and I watched it again. I was like, oh shit, me! This is so like it's like. I I was waiting for him to put a suit on. I was like, yeah. "Go on, Ferris." I won't ruin it for you, but the bit with Ferris Bueller's Day Off, his references, yeah, is fantastic. It's, it's so, so perfect. Um, the the girl playing Michelle as well, Zendaya. 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 Great. Yeah, really. I was I was a little bit worried about going into this about Zendaya. It's like mm, you got one of these ex Disney girls. She's only got one name. She's a bit weird. I'm wondering how this is gonna go. I loved her performance of uh, what was it, Michelle? Michelle. Michelle. Yeah. 
Yes. The waving and then visual visual jump in silence on audio podcast. When she's waving and when she spots Peter and then turns it into flipping the bird. That's beautiful. Because again, we all know somebody like that. We all knew a Liz, that kind of out of reach elder girl. You're like, oh, wouldn't it be great if I was going out with her? We all knew a Ned and we all knew a Peter. Oh, perfect. It's great. Everything about the high school aspect of it is is great. I'm glad they've not got him graduated and out of there, that he's still got time left. He's still going to be there for at least another one, I would have thought, before yeah. we kind of get into the college-age stuff. And yeah, it was a great framing device. And yeah, especially even... Like, I thought the homecoming thing would be a bit crowbot in there, but it mm. works so well. Yeah. As a, as a bit of a plot contrivance near the end, it works so goddamn well. And it's that he's trying to do all this superhero stuff, but he's still genuinely worried about the homeschool dance. And how he's going to be awkward, how he's got to get a date and all this stuff. It's like that line in Civil War. I can't go to Germany, i got homework. I'm like, that. that's Peter Parker. That is Peter Parker. The opening scene yeah. of him making the day in the life of Peter Parker when he goes to Germany <laughs> yeah. is so funny and so well done. Again, spunked in the trailers as yeah. well. Really annoying. Because I still, I still got, it's, I'd seen it in a trailer, but it still got a laugh out of me of, oh God, he's big now, i got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, who's that new guy? Oh, that's me. Go, go. <laughs> Got that, like, really uh, childlike bouncy audience. It was the greatest thing and I am out and I took his shit. No. Him, and, him oh. and, um, and Happy Hogan have a really good chemistry. Yeah. Because basically Tony Stark... Tony Stark's only in this a little bit. I think the trailers... I think Sony kind of knew that they have Tony Stark. There's a shot in that trailer that's not in the movie. Yeah. It irks me that it's it not really in the movie. It really does. Cool but shot. you can tell Sony are in charge of the trailers. Like, we need to make every man, woman, and child on the face of this earth know that Tony Stark is in this movie. He's not a big presence in well, in the room. Okay, he's, okay, he's a big presence, he's but he's not, he's not there all that often. He only cops up for like. I'd no say, limelight is stolen. No, I'd say five scenes in yeah, total. That sounds about right. Happy Hogan is more of a prominent figure because he's kind of basically. He's assigned as his handler to yeah. Spider-Man, but he's, he very much doesn't care about <laughs> Spider-Man. He's phoning in the reports, and Happy Hogan's just ignoring them. <laughs> but I, I love the bit at the start where he's like, he's, he's getting his suitcase. Like, I can carry that. You can carry this. So he just drops it and yeah. walks off. Like, oh, good to have you, John Favreau. Harry's finding time to direct movies as complicated as the as the Jungle Book and flipping uh, the Lion King, and still be in a lot of this movie. Is they must have like turbocharge his shoot he's like no he's got it he's we've got even less time with him than we have we've with Tony. Got two days with Favaro. get on it go 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 <laughs> he just spent a lot of time in avengers tower so yeah. that's probably how they I'm got i think that was one it, day of shooting really really good and and tony Stark, yeah you're right doesn't steal the limelight really good use of it tell you who is the most tip to steal that limelight though because his performance was fucking out of this world was michael keaton so good genuinely i think up there with um, Loki and Ego for best movies in the MCU. Loki, Ego, Kingpin, Vulture. You said best movies in the MCU. Do you mean best villains? villains in the MCU universe? I go up there. I mean, Loki, you still got to throw Loki in there. Yeah. As, as, as the best villain. But no, I, I wasn't expecting much because they threatened us with Vulture so many times. Yeah. Every. What was it going to be? The John Malkovich Vulture? Yes. Is that the one Basically, before? every non existent Spider Man sequel that was planned. So, uh, Amaz- so Spider Man 4 and Amazing Spider Man 3 both had Vulture threatened. And I was like, do we have to do the Vulture? He's got so many good rogue gallery entrants. Why have we got to do him? He's just an old guy. Because whenever he shows him in the cartoons, he's do one of two things. He's either got to steal some money or he's trying to de-age himself. Yep. That's all he ever does. And I was like, no. 
they don't really stick to the true Adrian Toomes vulture from Which the is comic books. Fine because it's what, for the better. What they do straight up front is go, this is where Adrian Toomes was eight years ago. There is a bit of a time. Yeah, I was like, I was like, there. the Avengers eight years ago. Oh my god, it's yeah. not. It's no. like five years ago. It turns out so. the MCU timeline is very convoluted. Yeah, who knew? Uh, but if you just take it as during the events of the Avengers, Adrian Toomes was knocking about, essentially doing damage control's job before damage control rocks up to and- do some damage control. Yeah, which very much felt like, uh, remember when we were developing this as a TV series? Yeah. We'll totally get it off the back of this. No, nobody <laughs> fucking cares about no, damage because, control. Because DC went first and did Powerless and no one gave a shit and exactly. it got cancelled. And they were like, yeah, probably shouldn't do that. Love it in the Spider-Man movie. Fuck it. We've got, we got all these logos designed. Put it in somewhere. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so it gives him a realistic grounding. And I think that's the best part about this Vulture. He's not some crazy scientist. Yes, he does... It does a few things that you're like, well, a normal construction guy wouldn't necessarily do this. But he's got great pathos, he's got a great story arc all the way through. The Vulture armor looks fucking cool. Yes. Did the... not expect them to be able to make Vulture look cool. Because but... I saw the uh, the concept art when they were showed it, and it was like this big metal fucking thing. Oh, I'm getting Transformers vibes from this. No, it's sleek as hell. Oh, like, God, yeah. The wings are like this kind of co- like edgy, sharp, corrugated thing, but the mask... Like this flight helmet with the piercing green yeah, eyes, yeah. like that is nigh on perfect. Oh, it's absolutely wonderful. And he's got like the bomber jacket with the the big. Yeah, the roof thing. is never explained. Why he's got a big green feathery roof thing around his neck? Because he's but... the vulture. That's why. Right. Just be glad but... it's not a feather boa. Oh god, I wish he was a feather boa. That'd be quite cool. <laughs> Do like a kinky boots version yeah. of the vulture. But he really works well as an antithesis to Spider-Man to give him something to fight. Because we never really see him have aerial battles. Most Spider-Man villains we've had have been great. Oh, I don't know. I suppose Goblin can fly. Yeah. But I know, but that's that's it, it brought in one of my favourite little Spider-Man development Easter eggs. Where this whole, like, apparently there was this whole thing when you were drawing Spider-Man's uh, comics. If he was swinging in from somewhere and the web's just off screen, he's like... What is he attached to? Because he's very high up. It was always a helicopter. Mm-hmm. And this one sort of took that to the extreme. It's like, we're going to put Spider-Man really high up. What's he going to swing off? The Vulture, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, Plane. Very, very much Vulture. jumping the shark on that. But I enjoyed the hell out of it. It was great. He did such a good job. I don't know why I had doubts. I think so. I heard like at one point he wasn't going to do it. And I was like, well, is he thinking less of the character or whatever? But... He did such a great job of elevating that character to beyond anything it's ever been. Yeah. I care more about Vulture than I ever have. Then that's not really saying much, but and yeah. it wor- it works in context because the first okay the Raimi movie introduced Goblin, which is one of the big bads. Yeah. for Spider Man, and then Spider Man Two went and did Doc Ock. Then you mm-hmm. did Venom. Yeah, this Spider Man's too young to be fighting those guys just yeah. yet. So starting with a, like a C list, not C list, like a B lister, like the Vulture, yeah. working his way up. Yeah, I mean, like your other movies, your other movies, your other villains in this movie were Tinkerer and Shocker. Yeah, that's a very that's very low down on his rogues gallery. Very much so, but I mean, it, we're still establishing this Spider Man. Now we got him in Civil War, so we got the broad strokes there. But this kind of flies in the face of people saying, "Well, when it's an, a, an introductionary movie, when it's a, a, a origin story, the villain has to be second fiddle. They can't be interesting or good because we have to establish the villain." Now it's helpful that we all know Spider-Man's deal, and it's not an origin story because they've just done the smart thing and presume everyone knows about Uncle Ben and didn't feel the need to smack us over the head again like fucking Batman vs Superman did. Yep. His parents died. What is this new <laughs> twist? Um, 
So I'm glad they did that. But yeah, he flies in the face of that theory that that automatically means they have to be bad villains. He was so very, very good. And they'd finally done something with Shocker, which made me very happy. Yay. He was only a bit part player. But I always said this, like, Shocker can't carry a movie by himself. That's fine. He needs to be a mid-level boss. He was the opening boss for the the Spider-Man 2 game, and he was perfect there. That's all he ever needs to be. He can't carry a movie by himself, nor does he need to. He can be a bit part player. He can show up. He's got a cool set of powers. He can give Spider-Man a bit of a run around without being too challenging for him. That's great. There's so many Spider-Man villains you can do that with. There's only, only so much uh, threat in a yellow pillowcase that shoots electricity. I, I love Shocker more than I really should. I love the Shocker. So, so I don't think... Because I like that he's not a psychopath. He just wants to steal money. <laughs> yeah. He's not trying to take over the world. He's not a mad scientist. He's just a bloke who found some tech. And now he's going to pinch some money. Um, he, he was. He's not as big of a part of this movie as I thought he was going to be. We saw all the scenes with the Shocker in the trailer, unfortunately. Yep, every single one. So uh, he, but you know, I think he'll be back. I think they 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 left him in a place where it's like, yeah, he could definitely come back and again be put the suit on, which he doesn't really do. Is that a minor spoiler? Mm, not really. You see the you origins see the of trailer, it. So, yeah. yeah, you see the origins of the of the bit, but he doesn't have the mask. He doesn't have the full body suit. He doesn't have the proper gauntlet yet. So, which is something that the MCU can do. I mean, look at Crossbones. Yeah. We introduced him looking a bit different, and then he became proper. So I'm perfectly okay with that. Uh, and Tinker, I didn't even know that was Tinker until after the movie. Really? I just thought he was just a guy that was good at tech. Yeah, yeah, it's the Tinkerer. But that's the thing: the Tinkerer is so the other end, so cartoony that it makes sense to just have him be a guy who's good at tech. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we didn't get the names of the people who played uh, the Tinkerer and the Shocker. The Shocker was uh, Bokeem Woodbine, or at least. Can I, uh, have you seen the thing where I think it was him? Who hired a lookalike to go to the premiere because he had something else to do? No way, really. So he found a lookalike of himself and sent him to the the LA premiere. That's crazy. I don't know why he wouldn't want to go and do that himself, but there we go. That's a bit weird. Um, and Tinkerer was played by, whilst Michael looked it up at IBM, we were meant to be not doing this, Michael. We were going to avoid this. I what are we doing? That out, you asshole. What ah, you there he is, Michael Chernus. Yeah, people were making a big deal about Michael Chernus playing this character, which is a bit odd to me. What's he been in? I have no idea. I, it's really winding me up because I've definitely seen him in something. He was in Men in Black Three. He's been he's a bit part player in a lot of movies. He's and got TV one of those series. faces. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those guys, one of those extra guys. I think he was in he was in a TV series called Patriot. I think. He's a bit part player. He's in Orange in the New Black. We've discovered this. That's also something we just discovered as well. Um, so that was a bit weird though people were like oh the tinkerer I'm like he's not your focus here you've got Michael Keaton in the same room yeah. but for what he did I actually quite enjoyed um, Vulture's little gang and their quirks I yeah. enjoyed that so like Shocker's the one who's a bit off the rails I like that Me. Tinkerer's the one who's like we should do this we should do this but always getting shot down um, there's a couple of other people that just sort of disappear for, yeah. for want of a better word. They go from a relatively big crew to, like, three people at <laughs> the end of the movie. To but... be fair, like, Keaton's doing all the work. Like, when it comes oh, God, to... Yeah. But I like that kind of heist aspect of it as well. Yeah, You see cool. it more than once of them, basically. Basically, their thing is they salvage the tech and then set it on, like, the black market to other people. Yeah. Um, and it's through that that we get hints towards other bad guys. One guy we'll talk about in the spoiler, because I didn't know he was in the movie. Yeah. Like, at all. He came out of left field and was like, oh, he's here. Okay, cool. Um, we didn't get the Prowler, however. Yeah. We don't see him as the Prowler. 
but he, he's announces that he's his crime alias. Yeah. Uh, he's played by Donald Glover. His name is Aaron Davies, and he's of course Miles Morales's uncle. Yes, we get a mention. That's a spoiler. That's I know, sure. I know, I know. But I'm, I think I think it got out already. Yeah, that he's there, and he's not like Miles Morales. Also, they cast named. Donald Glover. Like, yeah, that's a, that's as close as you can get. To having the Donald Glover Miles Morales Spider-Man. Yeah, they the don't MCU. mention Miles by name. It's just oh, I have a nephew who lives around here. Yeah, anyone who read who's re- read a an Ultimate Spider-Man comic was like, mm-hmm. I certainly was. I thought Donald Glover would be a bigger part of this. Yeah, he's he's very much in here to set up Miles. Though, he's in two scenes. Hmm. Now he's one scene with Spider-Man is very very funny. Yeah, um, um, the spider suit in itself is quite funny, but I think we'll leave that for spoilers. Um, see, I, I was a bit disappointed at the, the relative lack of Donald Glover, but it's okay, he's going to be Lando, and that's going to be amazing. That's only if Howard can do it again. Of course he can, he's Ron Howard. Oh, happy days. Uh, we haven't talked about one major character yet. We haven't? Hot Aunt May. Oh yes, Marissa Tomei continuing to be Hot Aunt May. She puts those glasses on, like in an attempt to, to like nullify the hotness but it's still a plot point <laughs> yeah a heavily leaned on plot point sometimes in fact there's in the first half an hour there's at least like three or four knocks on she gets mate. free rice pudding at a restaurant for just being hot she tony stark's always asking about her and all that <laughs> yeah. stuff um ned is like doughy eyed like <laughs> hi mate mm. <laughs> It's so, like, that's not... A, I've been programmed for 26 years to think of Aunt May as some old, decrepit little biddy. And she's got progressively younger with each reboot of Spider-Man to the fact that she's going to be like... It's like, in the future, she's going to be played by Kirsten Dunst. It's going to happen. <laughs> that's going to be a thing. Um, that could be a thing. That'd be really cool. That could be a thing. Um, she did fine. She's great. She has a great... She closes the movie and has probably the funniest line of yeah. the movie for the last yeah. one. But she's, I don't feel like there's really... Like the relationship's a lot different from what we're used to between Aunt May and Peter. Yeah. She's not the doddy old nan, essentially. She's more of like the fun, cool aunt, which I suppose she should be. It's it's definitely an interesting take on that, and obviously because we've done the whole shift in the cast's age, and we're we're not doing college level Peter Parker. Yeah. back to high school. It makes a lot of sense, and it's fun. And I think it's the the it's the same joke over and over and over again, but it doesn't cease to be funny. No, you're right. It's because like yeah, because you're still reeling as an audience member from the oh shit, Aunt May's hot now. Well, I that don't know. Sentence still sets. Me yeah, in. like I, I can't process how hot Aunt May is, and that's weird to me. <laughs> it's very odd, but no, she she's very sweet and very kind. Well, we, we didn't even go to pig corner for that because I think it's a universal truth. Oh yeah, you can't deny the fact that Marissa <laughs> May is like still getting it done. Even in the wrestler, when she was trying to play a lap dance, you were still like, that's the hottest piece of ass on the planet. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, they because this I don't know if this is much of a spoiler because it's a lack of something they do, but we don't really get into Uncle Ben. And I don't think he's even mentioned. There, there is an allusion to Aunt May has been through some shit. Yeah, yeah. and that's about as far as it goes. So I'm looking forward to them adding to that. It's going to be difficult because again, because they didn't do a traditional origin movie. That's true. It's going to be hard to kind of really lace that in. I just want to point out, and I actually haven't told you this yet. Mm. Uh, something that was brought up by Tom Holland in a recent interview. Did you see that he's retroactively added himself as the small boy that Iron Man saves in Iron Man 2? Yeah, not only that, that's been confirmed went by to John Feig- Favreau. Yeah, went to Feige and Feige went, yep! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Stan Lee and the Watcher, Uatu again. It's, yeah. all, it's just, we're starting to create things. <laughs> we can get stuff done, Michael. What's the thing we want the most? Why well, do we get this? Nova, but you know. Oh, fuck off. Well, actually, no, Doom in the MCU. Doom! 
the MCU. I was doom in the MCU. We have a lot of songs. Galactus. Like <laughs> Always Galactus. Always Galactus. Make it happen, Feige. You can do it. I believe in you. Because I've already got Stanley Zuwatu, so I already got what I wanted. Yeah. Sorry, Michael, what was your thing? My thing, yeah. So uh, Tom Holland said in an interview, somebody asked him who he'd like to play Uncle Ben. Mm. He gave the most perfect fucking answer. And the more you think about it, it makes all the goddamn sense in the world. The Rock. I mean, yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> but no, Toby fucking Maguire. Oh! Toby Maguire. Ooh. That would work, Ooh. right? That's delicious. That oh works. my god, he's the right age. He's the right age. It would work. You could have a good scene between him and Marissa Tomei bringing up Peter because, like, oh, your parents aren't in the picture anymore. Oh but- my god, he can say. Yeah, he with can- great power comes great responsibility. You can do that. That's his swan song. You close the book on the Raimi trilogy. That would be perfect. Come on now. That's fucking delicious. That's, that's fantasy booking at its mm. finest. Go and watch in Bob We Trust's. How he would have done it, yeah, because he he leans on the Tom McGuire stuff, and it's fucking genius as far as you I'm have to concerned. show me that. I was excited to oh, share that with you. God, that's that's good. We're, we're that's just tasty. We're not even talking about the movie anymore. We're gushing over fan casting, but make it happen, Feige. Make it happen. Well, we believe in you. Well, we've played through the cast now, so we can now talk about the action, which again spunked a fair bit in the trailers, and that's a little bit disappointing. Yeah. but it's a great looking Spider-Man suit. Yeah. He moves fantastically well. The movement, the webbing. The... It's all very... I like how spindly he looks as yes. he does things because Spider-Man is, is, is not a beefcake. He's no. acrobatic. He's well-toned. Yeah. Tom Holland's put some decent definition. Oh, my definition. God. Oh. Tom Holland got ripped. Come yeah. on, we can go over to Pig Corner no, Over to Pig Corner, we go. Yeah, Tom Holland got ripped. Mate. Oh, no, because he already had like a bit of a gymnastics background. Yeah. But yeah, he takes Tom off at one point and was like, God damn, that's a lot of definition for a teenager. <laughs> Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. He might have stunted his growth for all I know, but fuck. Because they're, they're pitching him as the original Peter Parker age. So he's 15 there. I know. I know the guy's like 22, 21. Mate, you want to like pull that? that list? Just fucking take the t-shirt off. you <laughs> Just like, what of it? Boom. They'll be like a Lynx advert. They'll all just <laughs> charge at him in one go. <laughs> yeah. They're hormonal teenage girls. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. You know, you know the terrible song by 303 that they had a Katy Perry in? Um, oh, what was it called? Starstruck. That was it. And they throw the um, the coins into the fountain, and all the women flock yes. towards them. It's that effect. Really? We forgot somebody. Did we? Brand new um, Flash Thompson. Yes. Weird, right? A little bit. Like I get, I, he was a dick. Yeah. And like the kind of bully that's realistic, not like the ones in former ones. Like he wasn't a jock. He was like a nerd bully. Yeah. But it was a bit odd. And I, I think it's because we because. That's the least relatable thing for us. I think for people in America, very relatable because they have a bit more... This is going to get a bit socio-political here, but they have a bit more of that class divide right. in in upstate New York. That makes a lot of sense there. Yeah. To us, though, rich kids weren't the bullies. No. You know what I mean? It's very hard for somebody from... Dickheads working... good at football with the bullies. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, Flash Thompson has to be like a council house waller. To, Essentially, to, yes. To be like any more well, relatable. To I kind us. of, I kind of sympathise. I, I like commend them for going against. Well, we just making a jock job done. Close that book off. We go. But and I, I like when when his entitlement is played upon. Yeah. Like the bit where Spider Man steals his car is there's, great. There's a beautiful Easter egg in that one, but I'll save it to the. Spoilers. Oh, I'm delighted. 
Um, that was really good. But if they're going to spin this off to be the Flash Thompson we now know in the comic book, I don't see that guy being able to play... Agent Venom. Yeah. I don't that's... see that guy going off to war. No. Okay. Not a thing that's going to happen there, but there we go. I, I think um, they pretty much shut the book on, on the Flash Thompson Venom anyway, because now the Tom Hardy Venom is happening. Yeah. So that's a bit... I get it. As a physically imposing brute... It's fucking perfect. Yeah, great. But but can we 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 don't trust Sony. No, I don't trust Sony to do no, it. No, 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 no. They didn't. If if what you said is true, and they didn't have a hand on Homecoming. Well, they might have had something, but it was largely Marvel left to their own devices. What I've gathered, and that's the thing. Marvel will be left to their own devices and make a near perfect movie. Sony can't do that. They should. They've proven it multiple times. Marvel shouldn't have done that. They should have involved Sony as much as they could without actually affecting anything, just so they would keep their minds occupied and not think, I know what's a good idea. We'll do a Black Cat Silver Sable movie because everyone's excited for the Silver Sable movie. <laughs> Fuck off. It can't get any worse than what could have been the Art May movie. <gasps> Although, if it's Marissa Tomei, I'd still watch yeah. it. So, you know. I'm back into that now. We're back into We're Pink back into Corner, that. apparently. Um, where were we going with this? Action. Yes. I like how... Well, there's two sides of it, right? Because they're showing him being overwhelmed as Spider-Man. Which, again, is not... They, they kind of did it in the previous movies, but not to this extent. And not to draw comedy from it. When he was overwhelmed, it was at points of great loss. Or when he was having to fight somebody. Like, I like the fact that at one point he's, he's got to get somewhere quickly, but there's no buildings left. Yes, that's so he's just him running across a golf course <laughs> and tripping up along the way, just pegging it across the thing. Oh my god, it was so perfect. You don't even think about that, do you? Like, yeah. like, yeah. What if there are no buildings? What can he do? Because he hasn't learned like the catapult thing you can do in all the Spider-Man games, where you just stick two webs in and fucking launch yourself. Forward. Oh, if he does that in the next movie, though, I felt like it was coming. I felt like he was going to do it when he's climbing up the Washington Monument. That'd yeah. be like his eureka moment to like fucking launch himself. But no, he's just in fucking running. <laughs> It's so good. See, he's overwhelmed from that end of it. He's still getting used to his powers. He hasn't got to figure anything else. Well, they do that in his crime fighting style as well. At the start of the movie, he tries to bust a guy breaking into a car, but it's a guy trying to break into his car because he lost his keys. <laughs> yeah. So, he wakes up the whole neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. But then he's also overwhelmed because of the new suit that he's been given, and then you find out slowly that it's basically much more advanced than we thought it was. Is it spoilery to say what it can do? Uh, no, sure, for the trails. So it, it's it's got a lot more tech that it's used to, and it has like its own version of um, Jarvis slash Friday, who's called Karen, voiced by Jennifer Connolly. Yeah, who was is... once in not the MCU, but was in the first Angley Hawk movie as, uh, as Betty Ross. As Betty Ross. Um, she was really funny. So like, she's like. <laughs> Basically, like, GLaDOS is in the Spider-Man suit <laughs> yeah. and keeps trying to make him kill people. <laughs> Going to instant death mode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, but the, the eyes go, like, red and pink. No, yeah, that's, yeah, they go from, like, normal Spider-Man to, like, red pin dots. <laughs> yeah. Insta-kill. <laughs> Whoa, lay off, Jesus. And he's, like, overwhelmed, but, like, he has, like, 500 webbing joints and he's, like, taser ones. <laughs> and they play it up to, like, great comedic effect all the way through. I, I thought it'd be weird to have a high-tech Spider-Man suit. It doesn't look like high-tech Spider-Man. Not like the Iron Spider suit or anything like that, but no, it's a really good, really good combination of things. They have a really good suit, and I keep coming back to it because I just think Tom Holland is that fucking good as Peter Parker. But uh, but we have that scene with Jennifer Connelly's... Connelly? Connelly. Connelly. There we go. With Karen, where like uh, at one point Peter Parker gets trapped somewhere, but it's not really a high-pressure situation. And he's just laying down and he's asking his suit for dating advice. <laughs> like, um... that's... Perfect. Like, it's just great. You should kiss her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is your chance, Peter. Kiss her. <laughs> it's so 
fun. It works so oh. well because you think, yeah, this is a stark suit. So where are we going to go with this? Is yeah. this going to be the Iron Spider? It isn't. Um, but they struck the right balance of this was the kid. If we're going with the new canon, this is the kid who once fought side by side with Tony Stark yeah. in Iron Man Two. Held his hand up to a hammer drone. Yeah, and, and start punching. Did he punch it into orbit? No, no, no. He blasted it and went, nice nice shot, kid. And then flew off. So good. We're going from that kid who met his his idol to working with and being mentored. Again, mentored. Big quotations there. Mentored by his idol. Given a suit by his idol that has near enough the same level of AI and tech capabilities as the Iron Man. Essentially, yeah. Which is pretty rad. So you, and he uses it to ask for dating advice because he's a 15-year-old horny-ass kid oh, who's crushing hard on Liz Allen. so goddamn good. I would say this is the problem. There's very little to pick apart, especially before a spoiler warning, which I feel like we need to give at this point because it just... Yeah. I, I think I'm done for late in this movie. Yeah. Um, MCU-wise, like I said, it's up there. Is it better than Avengers? Very I don't know. few things are going to be. No, because I think that was just such a perfect combination of things. But it's up there with the likes of Civil War. It's up there with Winter Soldiers. It's up there with Guardians of the Galaxy movies. It's really good. And I have such faith going forward. Not in Sony at all. <laughs> but I'm excited to see me Infinity War. I'm excited to see whatever the sequel is to this. We know we're getting a never-before-seen villain for that movie. So that excites me because he has the best Rose Gallery. It's him and Batman yeah. basically head and head. But I've always thought Spider-Man was better. So, look forward to that. Absolutely recommend this. Is it my favourite movie this year? Ooh. See, I don't think it is for me. I think it is. I still think Logan is a better made movie. I think it's that's the Barcelona of the situation, but this is West Bromwich Albion. This is... It, it's more, I loved it more than I loved the Power Rangers movie. I loved it more than I loved Guardians of the Galaxy 2. It's going to be very hard until... Last Jedi, I think, is the only thing that has a chance of knocking this off as like just making me so unspeakably happy. Yeah, I get the feeling you're about to say that Guardians of the Two was better. Yeah, it was. But but the thing is, they're my team. Yeah, okay, I and, knew that. And and may I remind you of of the the great X Men Days of Future Past debacle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where, where there were objectively better movies that year, but you still chose Days of Future Past because that's your team. Yeah, and I keep saying, oh, 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 go ahead, Darren. I'll give you a free one here. You get it, Michael. You like Guardians of the Galaxy. You're damn Volume right, I do. Too. He is currently holding everybody. Now you've probably seen this if you've been on our Instagram. Well, my Instagram. Or his Instagram. He's made a replica of the uh, Star Lord's gun uh, from a Nerf version that he's he's changed significantly, and it looks the tits. I don't like praising you when it's especially when it's being recorded, Michael. But it does look the tits. It's it's pretty fucking dank. But yeah, if you're in a comic con within a twenty mile radius of the West Midlands, you're going to see Michael dressed as a uh, dressed as Star Lord. Yay! Woo! I am the Crisp Rat. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. That should be cosplay name. There we go. All sorts of crisp rat. The crisp rat. <laughs> but yeah, so Spider Man. I didn't expect it to be this good, and I don't know why. I had. Uh, fa- like no faith. I didn't have no faith in it, but I was worried, and I don't know why I was worried. Because you know, praise be to Feige once more, Figured showing us that he's he's schooling everybody in Hollywood right now. Like this is how your franchise build, and this is how you do this character right. So all credits to John Watts, the director, and all credits to Feige. They nailed the uh, nail on the head. It's. I don't think it's better than Guardians Two. I right. think what it does 
is offer a refreshing alternative to Guardians 2 because Guardians 2 is like here's everybody's back again and here's how we're doing this and we've got this villain who's cool and we're going in this direction we're going to explore these things and Spider-Man's going like okay we're going to take away that big cosmic expanse of that movie dial it back down yeah dial it back down focus it in you're in Queens and they and they go to DC at one point yeah that's it that's it apart from that this whole thing's taking place in a subsection of New York Yep. Which is exceedingly dialed back from Civil War. It's dialed back from everything. And that is 100% to its credit. And I genuinely think this might help with the Fox situation. Hopefully so. Fox will either Spider-Man reboot and go, fuck me, they can do all of their characters correctly. Maybe not X-Men, because I think they're, they're still pretty locked in with that one. But they might think, okay... Maybe we need to strike a deal for the Fantastic Four because clearly we can't fucking do it. We've fucked it up royally <laughs> three times, so it's probably time that the first family goes back to Marvel, and that'll be a pretty good feel-good moment. Again, go watching Bob. We trust his Fantastic Four one. He's even better than his Spider-Man it's one. I think. Nigh on flawless. Oh my god, it's the way to do it. It's so perfect. Um, and then hopefully one day we'll get the X-Men back as well. And then we can all live in this wonderful utopian yellow submarine. Oh, and it'll be great. great. Marvel's doing really well this year because Thor Ragnarok still looks fantastic. More importantly, we're four for four, Darren. Four for four? As in Logan, Guardians, Wonder Woman, Spidey. Shit the bed. All great. I mean, all signs are pointing towards Phil Ragnarok being exactly as good as that. Um, so, well, I mean, Iron Fist was this year, so TV's lagging and they're all Well, TV's bit. always lagging. We've still got the Defenders, that can claw it all back. We've got Punisher at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then there's Justice the League. <laughs> Fuck, like a bad cloud. <laughs> Fuck. In, in the distance, growing closer, it's just the... the <laughs> dun, dun, What's that noise? <laughs> it's it's just a silent... Oh. That's, it's coming, it's coming. You never know though, Michael. It might be good. Well, this movie gave me hope, so why the hell not? Wee! Spider alert! Let's do it. Why is it Rita's books? I mean, the trailer... But you did... didn't die! I'm so happy about that! That was such a good move. Because, like, Spider-Man's not a killer. That's the difference between this and Baby Driver. Spider-Man has a line in the sand and he doesn't cross it. Baby Driver did. More importantly, they, they got the other aspects of Spider-Man that I fucking love. He goes and saves people. Yes. Now, this is a big problem with the MCU in general is that it's a lot of... They do a lot of collateral damage sort of stuff. Like, the Avengers saved the day, but thousands of people probably died in the attack on New yeah. York. But meanwhile... Spider-Man has a perfect opportunity to stop thugs with Chitauri tech and he goes to save the guy who owns the sandwich shop. That's Spider-Man. Yeah. That's what Spider-Man does and I'm glad it was in this movie. And all the way up until the end when it's the vulture that he needs to go and save, he's like, you're about to die, I need to save you. He's not trying to stop him anymore or save the day and save all that tech. He's just trying to save his girlfriend's dad's life, basically. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was that twist as well. Now see, I need to go and find an article, right? Because again, comic book resources, the cunts... <laughs> keep trying to spoil everything I read something that was like oh Spider-Man's sense doesn't work in this movie which is a bit of an odd well, it's not exclusion re- I, I think it's in there but I think um, I can't remember whether it was Kevin Feige or John Watts said the last five movies have relied way too heavily on yeah. Spider-Man's sense and I'm kind of with them they use it as bullet time far too often so now it's just more innate yeah that he has it but it's not really a big thing it's but- the just dude's got Pretty good reflexes. Okay, cool. So I, I saw that pop up on Facebook and read like the first sentence. It's like, oh, you didn't have spider sense. 
it would have been useful because he would have been able to figure out that Ned was and then I stopped reading. So all the way through, I was expecting Ned to heel turn. I was like, this is coming. So I thought, because it's very obvious that they keep making allusions to Vulture's family. They're not dead and they're a big part of this movie. So they're going to show up. I thought Ned was going to be his kid yeah. and that was going to be the big twist. I didn't see it being Liz until about 10 minutes before it happens, and I was like, ah, uh, yeah, here we now. go, yeah. here we are. Which is a bit weird, like, and it threw me, because I was like, this character is called Liz Allen, and that character is called Adrian Toomes. There's no way these guys are related. Oh, wait, yes, this is they a 21st century movie. Her last name is Allen. No, they do. Oh, do they? They do. Oh, I thought they did. Their mum remarried. Ah, uh, that there makes you go. sense. But yeah, so that's a bit, and that, that's what really plays up in that final scene, that really good scene in the car. Yeah. Which is so exceptional. Of it, like, it's Keaton who's best in that movie. Yeah, so in Keaton figuring it all out in the light bulb moment was so fun to watch. And how they shot that as well, like the moment, because he, he doesn't reveal that he knows, but it's at, they're at the stoplight and it goes green and he's just got this look on his face like, I've got fucking Spider-Man in my car. Mm-hmm. You little bastard. And like, that's why he's like, if this was like a megalomaniac, the Green Goblin would have just straight up turned around and cold cocked Peter right in the face. This, because he's a real guy, he's a bit like, he's not going to jump straight to psychosis. And. Well, they, they went to. Ex- Sorry, I'm. Uh, no, you want me carry point. on. But they went to extremes to show that the Vulture's not a super villain. No. He's a guy who's got a suit that enables him to yeah. make money so he can. And he said, one last job and I'm out. Peter, leave me alone. This is the last job I'm yeah. going to do. Let me just turn a blind eye this once or I'll cut you. Like, and, w- and Spider-Man could have. Could have been like, well, at this point, you know, at this point he hasn't got the suit. He can't do anything. He could have been like, well, we'll let Vulture win this one time. And that's the villain done away. Yeah. But then the he- the heroism that is innate in Peter Parker puts him back into the action. That's what makes the third act of this movie that much better. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. It's really, really good. I mean, we don't get the big drawn-out fight. That plane scene is unfortunately the final scene. They really, mm. really shouldn't have put that in there. That shouldn't have been in the trailers. Like, they showed you the, the crash wreck on the beach. Yeah. And I'm like, don't put this in the trailer. So bad. Because they, they spoilt that he wasn't going to be wearing the the normal suit in, in this, that he's wearing the homemade suit. I do like the homemade suit a lot. I do it is like quite it. fun. As a quirk. It still has cool. the eyes that like open and die. Yeah, yeah. So like I think they could have got enough material for this trailer out of up until the boat scene. I wouldn't have spoiled as much of that as they did, but if they'd kept the plane scene sacred and just spunked the boat scene, fine. Yeah. Um, that was cool. But I like how they then used it to kind of explain why Vulture's not giving up his identity. Because when, when you play that card, that there's a villain that knows his identity... And they latch on to it. Like, people, it's a bit of a rumour that he knows and people are kind of after that information. But then he covers his tracks. He's possibly going to be redeemed. We're going to get good guy Vulture. That'll be a nice twist. Um, and, and they're clearly setting up for something in the future. I think he's probably going to be Sinister Six because we've been trying for... Sony's been pushing that yeah. for fucking We've years. been trying for like 15 years at this point to do some Sinister Six stuff. Uh, and it's always seemed like we've got half the roster sorted. We're going to have Vulture, we're going to have Shocker, and it appears we're going to have Scorpion. I'm very okay with that. They dropped Matt Gargan's name, we're like, oh, you clever just bastard. Cash, just Cash dropped that Vaz from fucking Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man, Far Cry 3 is playing Matt Gargan. And I was like, that is perfect casting. Because Matt Gargan's meant to be a little bit fucking crazy. And if you play Far Cry 3, you know that man can do fucking crazy. Wait, hang on, that's Vaz from... Fuck, is it? Yeah. That's Michael... What's his name? Michael Rooker. No, yeah, I know that. 
I know it's not Michael Rooker. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know his name no, was Tim. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 I mean, I was happy enough that they dropped the Mac Gargan name, but holy shit, I didn't think it was him. I mean, that's incredible. His name is. He is Michael. Michael Mando. That's the one. He's also in Better Call Saul. Yes. He's one of the, he's one of the Mexican gang's uh, um, um, kind of heads. But yeah, perfect casting. Could not have done that better. Um, and he's going to be a fun scorpion. But it, there's a bit of to and fro because in the Ultimate comics, apparently he's not even remotely scorpion. Yeah, he's like a mob Ma- boss. Yeah, he's a mob boss, but I don't want that. No. Maybe that scorpion is meant to be like the Easter egg, like he's not actually going to be the scorpion. But fuck that, I want scorpion. Because he's always been a bit stupid, but it's just fun to watch Spider-Man He was a pain in the scorpion. ass boss fighting the PS1 game. Oh God, he was such a pain in the ass. He's always been a pain in the ass. Every time you meet him in a boss battle, he's a pain in the ass. But I want him there. That's a good heart. I don't want him to do the voice, though. You know, the, the typical... Yeah. Spark out! Like, yeah, like, don't do that. Don't, no, just basically do Vars from Far Cry 3 yep. in a... See, what suit would Simon, would you go for the Scorpion now? Because you can't do the blue and green fucking massive tail bullshit. Mm-hmm. Okay, you could. You could do that. Let's remind you we've got Vulture, because they're going down the tech route with Spider-Man villains... Which they usually do anyway, but you can easily put together a tech yeah, version. Yeah, may I remind you of Rhino? That's all I need to say. Yeah, I mean, maybe you won't have like a... Like, they'll do like this, though, where like, Vulture was a practical design. He didn't have feathers. He wasn't some old dude with a big fucking roughneck thing. It was a flight... It was a, clearly like a, like a jet fighter's helmet and then a big wing set. You could do the same with Scorpion. Yes, it'll look a little silly. It's not as practical as the Vulture thing is. But he's a crazy person and he's obsessed with scorpions. I want. He goes to the tinker, puts a gun to his head and says, build me a fucking scorpion suit now. That Shocker and Vulture, that's a good half of that fucking villains. And I think, again, we know the next one, We don't. it's going to be a never-before-used villain. I think I think when we had this discussion before the podcast, we thought Mysterio, frontrunner. Yeah. I think both of us agree that it's been, it's been far too long. We've had too many movies without seeing Mysterio. Go and get Bruce Campbell. I'm still okay with that. I'd still be okay with that. Yeah, go get him. It's shown he's still got life in him because of uh, the Ash vs. No, the Ash vs. Evil Dead. Yeah, Ash vs. Evil Dead, the series. He's he's still great. Yeah, oh yeah. Get him on board. I'd I'd be well down for that. Yeah, get that. I mean, I still want them to do Craven. We all want them to do Craven. Oh, God, don't want them to do Craven. Could you imagine? Because the thing, because Spider-Man's just like... He's only just setting out, and he is the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. It's the perfect target for Craven because if you do Craven's last hunt, and it's like, so now we've got this these weird freaky kids being born in, uh, in New York. That's gonna be a fun thing to hunt. But I'll stop before I hang up my uh, mm-hmm. weird print leather jacket. I'm gonna take down one more kill. Oh God, I want it so very, very much. But I think because you have to, it's a very set story you have to do with Craven. He does the hunt thing. Yeah. It's not... Unfortunately, we've been the kid's heel for Craven that he's very set in his ways. Mysterio opens up more possibilities. Unfortunately, because of how it's set up, Craven would be a better villain for a Black Panther movie. Oh! Could you... Oh, that's a thing. That could be a thing. God, that should be a thing. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, screw... As much as I love to hear... Um, uh, what's the face? He's Scot- uh, Scottish accent? Um, South African accent. Uh, oh, God, yes, Craven versus Black. Oh, my God, that's a dream goddamn sequel. <laughs> There's another fantasy book. In. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes to that. Right, okay, if we can't have Craven, which I fucking desperately want, I would put all of my money into Mysterio being yeah. the guy. Um, and then you can put on some B-level guys. Like You could have Hydro Man, you could have fucking bring Sandman back. Fuck it, it's fine. Hobgoblin. 
Dump the Green Goblin because we've done it twice. We've seen it today. Yeah, but that means you leave out the Osborns, and I think they're an integral part Harry, of that. Harry Osborn always should have been the Hobgoblin in Spider-Man 3, yeah. not New Goblin. That's yeah. that's bullshit. That's nothingness. You could still have the Osborns. It's just it's Hobgoblins. It's a bit of a freshen up. Or you make it, you do Green Goblin, but you do it properly this time. You could do. This is another fantasy booking style thing. I don't know who you get to play them. Maybe in a few years we'll figure this out. But you could do, because the whole thing of the... Because I called the... Um, uh, the end credits wrong mm. I thought that the end credits scene was going to be uh, like oh I lost a Stark internship oh, okay good thing like I got pulled up by these other guys who are they called oh Oscorp or alternatively it's going to be an internship with the Daily Bugle I have I've heard a few of the ones kicking around that I, I really liked the one that I really wanted and I knew it wouldn't happen was that you have you hear the ranting coming from the Daily Bugle office a Viking, a menace to society. And J.K. turns around yeah. and he's back. I know he's in the DC movies. I know he's Commissioner Gordon. But fuck that. He should always and only ever be J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Good fucking God does that need to be healthy. <laughs> what was the other idea that they had that was knocking about? That's going to wind me up now. My, well, my idea was... That oh, was, I know it was, yeah. Which Matt one? got... Uh, 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 Vulture's in, in prison and he's walking past and he's like... His cellmate's like, oh yeah, I, have, I had problems with freaks as well. It's Kingpin. And Kingpin's yeah. gonna put together your sinister six because he can he can front up in place of Goblin doing that like he usually that does. That could be good. Actually. Kingpin as the Kingpin of the Sinister Six because then we get to have a Daredevil cameo. We need a movie with Spider Man and Daredevil in it together. That would be that needs to be a goddamn thing. Um, oh, there's so many wonderful possibilities coming out of this movie. This is why I have nothing negative about it because even the next step, I'm like, I am counting the seconds till I get to fucking Spider Man Homecoming 2. I just remember the thing I hated about this movie. Oh. There's one thing I hated about Go it. On. And it's only because. I hope you're listening, Rob, because you hyped the shit out of this fucking post-credit scene. You were like, it's the most perfect oh. post-credit scene. And I, and I was playing him, and I'm like, what could it possibly be that's that good? I'm like, does it does it go set up the symbiotes? Does it go set up the goblins? Uh, does it do anything like that? No, it's Captain America just being like, patience is a virtue. Thanks for coming. Bye. Bye. Like, Fuck you. I've told you before, Michael, Marvel is now actively trying to kill their baby of post-credit scenes. They've gone far too down the hole. Guardians tried to kill it with overkill and just having like 14,000 end credit scenes. Now they're actively trolling us, telling us, please go home. There's nothing for you here. In that respect, I admire their balls. And I did, it was quite funny. I know it was unsubstantial. It was a laugh, but I was so pissed off. I was like, here it comes. This is supposed to be the perfect end credit scene. And then Captain America walks on as like, like, are you still here? Like, you assholes! And it's very first Bueller, though. That's true. So it's the, the original post credit scene. Yet Ferris another homage to Ferris Bueller, so I'm okay with that. Do you know what I knew? I really love this movie, just as the last bit of the Go spoiler. on. Spoilers. Mm. Um, I knew I loved this movie when, as the Marvel logo was coming up, we got an <gasps> orchestrated version of Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Right I was here. very happy. Oh, I was like, yeah, I haven't even... I've seen less than a minute of this movie and I'm already yeah. in. Two last things. Yeah. Not a great Stan Lee cameo. Not one for the Pantheon no. of Greats. He's amazing Spider-Man 1. We've already been was, spoiled this was year. amazing. Hmm? We've already been spoiled for Stan Lee. Yeah, we have. He's never going to get better than that. He's never going to get better than that. The one thing that like got me on the back foot a little bit was my friends call me MJ. 
I'm like, really? you're dicing with something there, Marvel. Because, right, this is the thing, and it's not a racial thing at all. Apparently Zendaya, when she's done up and not like none of that, is fucking stunning. And I can believe that. Yeah. That's fine. It's just, she's that's MJ's meant to be ginger for one. And she's meant to be presented. Her point is that she's the hottest woman in Marvel. So to, to not have her be that, that's kind of her character trait. She's not a great character, unfortunately. She's just meant to be the hottest woman super or otherwise in Marvel. And the way she was presented isn't that. I'm like, just be Michelle. You don't need to be MJ. No, 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 yeah, no, but no. it's the only way you're going to get the nerd cred. I, I see why they did it and what they did is clever because what they've essentially done is it doesn't matter who we introduce in the next movie, be that be a reboot of Gwen Stacy mm. or we push somebody else from uh, any sort of imprint of uh, Marvel or uh, any version of Spider-Man, is that Zendaya's Michelle Jones, MJ, is the is where Peter Parker ends up. Which is going to be cool going forward because now we can see how... How that unfolds. I'm looking forward to that. Let's pop over to Pink Corner for a second. <laughs> she can play MJ. She probably could. That's Zendaya. If she, oh, if if they say if they're doing the whole um, the whole high school thing, she's got to have a punk or emo phase. She yeah. dyes her hair red. We fixed it. We're fucking done. Okay, she she's allowed. It's just I need that to be become apparent. Marvel in the next movie, you need to get into that level because that's what she's for. Yeah, she doesn't need to be some deep layered character. It's great if she is, but first and foremost, the hottest thing going. <laughs> I just realised she's fifteen years old in the story, but still, <laughs> the point remains. Gwen Stacy's the nerdy one. She can, you know, and then we got Emma Stone, one of the hottest don't women alive. Cast Emma Stone, that was wrong. And even before it that, wasn't wrong. even in Spider Man Three, she was far too hot. Like <laughs> she's meant to be like girl next door, and Mary Jane's meant to be fucking supermodel. Sort that out for the next one. Whoever you bring in for Gwen Stacy, I wouldn't even bring in Gwen Stacy to be honest. No, no, we've I'd do, bring we've in. We've done the definitive version. I'd bring of in. Um, oh, what's her name? She, she's White Tiger in in in. Um, I know who you mean, but I can't I think of her name. But White yeah. Tiger, make her a, uh, bring her in. I just, I wouldn't have touched Mary Jane or Gwen. I, I just I, I think they're just too tainted. We know what's going to happen with them unless you do something that Spider Man Three kind of did but didn't do properly. Introduce both of them and have them both as love interests. That could work because that becomes interesting then to have that type of love triangle because it's only ever one or the other most of the time. You're either only Mary Jane or you're Gwen. Have them both there, that could be interesting. It's interesting they've gone down the MJ route considering how much mileage they've gotten out of Gwen Stacy so far. Spider Gwen, Gwenpool. Gwen yeah, exactly. Gwen. So you could have I him. I would kill for a Spider Gwen movie. That'd be so bad. I don't think we're going to get Spider Gwen. I know. But, it, but would be so it, would be, it would be fun. But, you know, we live in a world where Miles Morales exists. So, so we've already got two Spider-Men. Yeah. Nothing stopping them having a Spider-Verse. Yeah, okay that, could be, that. that could be a thing. Right, plug away, Michael. Okay, then. So you can go and find me on Twitter and Instagram. So you can go check out my Star-Lord uh, cosplay stuff. Because it's badass uh, at, at that my coin. Or you can go and follow the site under your uh, under the username FowleyNT. That's F-O-U-L-E-N-T. On your social media of choice. Darren? You can follow me on Twitter at the Guttridge. Uh, you can also do some other stuff. So I'm just checking that Zendaya we're allowed to talk about. Oh, she's 20. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> A little worried there. Yeah, you can check me out on Instagram as well at DazzleTheG. I post things on there occasionally. Uh, do go check out our podcast we recorded just before this one for Baby Driver. Bit of an opinion splitter for me and Maggle. Uh, we've got Planet of the Apes coming up next week. 
Um, other stuff as well. Oh, Dunkirk is coming on the Dunkirk, mic. You've got to mention Atomic Blonde because it looks awesome. Um, so we're back in the swing. Of Justice things. League is on the horizon. We've uh, mentioned uh, that's, the, that's the next big. We're sorry for a bit of a golfing thing. If you listen to the Baby Driver, we go into it. But basically, every free podcast became a bit of a troubled birth. So yeah. uh, we lose a bit of time, but we're back. We have made our homecoming. Hey, Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone.